But this is a place where this nation, this world really has come to. They have, their feet run to iniquity. Uh, so Isaiah, he, he sounded the alarm. He exposed what was going on, but he exposed it not by thought, not by opinion, not by even popular opinion, but he exposed it by the word of God. It was the sin that had separated them. There's one thing that separates you and I from the Lord, and that's sin, nothing else. So these were those that were seeking God. These were the religious folks. These were those that were, uh, who wanted to know his ways, and they wanted to walk in his righteousness, because verse 2 says, yet they seek me daily. They seek me daily. Uh, or, or Isaiah 58, I'm sorry, 50, not 59, but 58 verse 2 says, They seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did. They did righteousness, meaning they were doing the quote unquote right things. So they, they did righteousness and forsook not the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice and they take delight in approaching to God. These were the people that Isaiah was um, uh, correcting uh, and even in a sense rebuking. Because what you're doing, the motions you're going through, the things that you're doing, they look all great. And they may be, you may have every I dotted and every T crossed. But there is a problem, an underlying problem that has not been addressed. And the outward, you may, it may look good, but there's an inward problem that has got to be addressed. And here's what it is. The sin has separated you. So Isaiah was speaking to the religious folks. Their prayers were not getting through. Their rituals were in vain. They had come to the conclusion that they're praying, they're sacrificing, they're seeking God. It just wasn't paying off. And if we come to that place in our life where we come and you'll hit that, what we call ceiling or whatever you may see, and, and, and you just feel like nothing's happening, Lord, search me. We've all been there. We've all felt like we've just, it's just, but search me, Lord. Instead of having pity parties for ourselves and, oh, me, oh, my, this just isn't working, we continue to be faithful. We continue to, to praise and to worship him. Even in the storms, the, the, the longer I wait, the longer I'll praise. So they, were, they just felt like they weren't paying off, and, but the word tells us why they were not working. It was the sin that separated them. The sin separated between, but, uh, was between them and God. And that, that's not sugarcoating it at all. Isaiah wasn't sugarcoating it, and he wasn't pr uh, really playing games. He just got down to the point. Your sins have hid his face from you. And now he won't hear. Not that he can't. Well, brother, you can't say that. I didn't say it. The word did. We, we have a problem with truth when it offends us. I, I told you the story over and over and over, and I'll tell you one more time. When uh, I, I was in one of those things that's been years ago, and Summer told me, she said, well, you don't have a heart of a servant. I was like, yes, I do. I did not. <laughs> but God used her to be brutally honest to me, and she, which he does often. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So they were going through all the motions, and the, you know they, they came to church regularly. They, they, they tuned in online regularly. They, they paid their tithes. They, they sang the songs. They raised their hands. They bought four Boston butts, and, and they drove the bus, and they weed-eated and cut the lawn, which if you ever have the desire to do that, praise God for you. Come on and cut, cut, cut away. It all looked good. When, 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 when we come to church and, and people, here's what, we want people to get plugged in, to find something to do. This is, I'm just talking about the church as a whole. To find something to do, to get yourself involved. Why? Not, not to do the right things, not, but, but it can become that, just to do the stuff. So it all looked good, but they loved God with their lips only. Matthew 15 and 8, it, it, it talks about this and says, The people draw near to, uh, unto me with their mouth. I didn't give you that verse, I'm sorry. The people draw near unto me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. This is the same thing that was going on right here in this day when Isaiah was addressing it. I see all the outward motions. I see all the stuff. I, again, I believe that we saw this very prevalent prior to March 2020. And we still see it today. I wonder often what would it really take to get people to run to the Lord? Because if, if, if this past year has not, I don't, I don't know what it'll take. See, we become so dependent on the government. Can I tell you that this is what this is the way they begin to control? And they may filter this. I don't care. They may shut this down. That's fine. They're going to hand you a check. Oh, well, thank you, government. And then they're going to give you X amount of dollars a month for child care. Oh, this is so good. Where's it coming from? And all of a sudden, you depend on old government to pad your pockets instead of doing what the Word says. The Word says if a man don't work, he don't eat. It's not the taxpayers, the hardworking people's job to, to feed you. I didn't mean to go there, but I did, so there we are. But the government, we got so many people depending on the government instead of God Almighty. The word says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. He is no less able today than he was then. He's no less able to save today than he was then. No less able to heal today than he was then. No less able to deliver today than he was then. But here's the problem. We are. The church has committed to, you read back in Jeremiah, two great evils. We've hewn out cisterns with our hands. And we've got broken, broken, sister, broken. We, we've forsaken the fountain of living water. So he's no less able to do what he was then, but the sin, the iniquities has, has separated us. It's not that he can't hear, but he won't hear from a heart that's not sincere. Sure, if there's a, there's a seeking heart crying out for salvation, he's going to hear that. But when it's just about gimme, 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 and you don't want him, hear me clear. 
We painted the picture that God is going to answer your prayer regardless. Let me, if you don't know Him as Lord and Savior, that's the first and foremost priority that needs to take place. And even when you do know Him, the prayer that you're praying is not necessarily going to be answered. It may be, but not in the way that you desire. Because you're not God, nor am I, and His ways are not our ways. So Israel was not seeing the hand of God moved as they desired. When the church don't see God moving the way they desire, what do they do? They, they bring in a new cart. Well, let's amp it up a little bit. Let's, let's, let's spice it up a little bit. Let's do this because this is not working anymore. When the preaching of the Word of God is not exciting to you, then you need to hit the altar. If I need to come up here and do a, 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 a clogging routine to keep your attention, something's wrong. I can't clog anyway, so it ain't going to happen. So many people aren't seeing God move the way they desire today. So, so here's what Israel did. They bought into the lie that the days of miracles are over. The days of, of Him moving are over. The church has bought into the lie that the, the, that the moving and operating of the Spirit is over. That it went out with the apostles. Can I tell you that is a flat out lie. Maybe the days of the church people are over moving because they're too hard hearted and stubborn and they act as if God again owes them something. Others believe that God don't hear, so why pray? Why expect? The truth of it is this, that Israel was experiencing very little of God's power, just like much of the church is today. The church is great at creating emotion and excitement. We can do it. I mean, we can get you just as excited as carowinds. If you're watching don't know what carowinds is, it's an amusement park not far from here. But then what happens when the excitement wears off? What happens when you're alone and you're faced with the, the, the temptations of life or, or the enemy begins to, 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 to harp on you and ride you and all of these things? What happens when there is no excitement? What happens when there is no foundation? What happens when the wind blows and you're not rooted? You move with the wind. So why? Why don't we see him move like the days of old? Verse 2 tells us why, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. The one and only reason God will not move is because of our iniquities. <laughs> Us. They have separated. It's continuous. It don't change. Sin is the only thing that will separate one from God and all that he desires to do. There's only one thing, sin. Sin builds a wall. Sin will take you further than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. And it will also build a wall tougher than you can tear down. It's not because the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is over. It's not that we live in different times. It's not that this is 2021. It's not that, that, that we have technology. It's not that the, the online is available. It's none of that. It's, it's, listen, he's the same. Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has never changed. 
But we have. But we have. The great debate that goes on against, uh, amongst uh, meetings of pastors and all of these things is, is, is online service. And here's the discussion that takes place, and, and I've been in there. Are we creating an environment for people just to use it as an excuse to not come to worship? Who cares? This is my view. Who cares? If you're hearing the word of God, praise God. But let me tell you, if you are using it as an excuse, then get yourself to a house of worship. If you're sitting there right now in your uh, jogging pants, eating Cheetos and watching American Idol and flipping back between us or whatever other service, get yourself into a house of worship. I understand the importance of online service. Thank God for it because there are those that cannot make it and, and I understand 100%. But there are those that are just looking to validate an excuse to not. What God did yesterday, He'll do today. The same reason He didn't do it yesterday is the same reason that He won't do it today. It's sin. We don't want to talk about sin. We want to talk about symptoms. We don't want to talk about the problem. We don't want to talk about the real issues in life. Is racism real? Yes. Is hatred real? Yes. Is all of these uh, drunkenness a real? Yes. Is, is child trafficking real? Yes. But all of these are symptoms of the problem which is sin. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you said, and I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm going to say this anyway. If you call yourself a believer and you can't love an individual because of the color of their skin, then you don't know the Jesus that I know. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you ain't saved. Sin. It's, it's proper scriptural repentance. We talked about this this morning. Scriptural repentance going back to the cross that will instantly tear down the wall that you've been trying to climb. It will be torn down by his mighty power and his ear will hear the prayer, will hear your cry. He will work mightily on your behalf for your hands. Whose hands was he? He was talking about to, to your hands have defiled. Your hands have defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. The perversion of the gospel, our nation's hands are defiled with blood. Why is it legal to murder an unborn baby, but, or uh, legal to, yeah, or, um, abort, um, murder an unborn baby, but illegal to go out and just shoot somebody? Because they think they know when it is living or not. But yet you can be charged with double murder if you kill a pregnant lady. And the fetus, the baby, doesn't make it. Our system is, here's what it's called, greed and money. They're never going to, it's not going to be, it's not going to go away. I'm, I'm not getting political, but I'm just telling you, I don't care if a Republican's in office, a Democrat, a Libertarian, a Green Tree, or a Green Tea Party. I don't care what's in there. It's money, money, money. It's greed. 
You have the Republican Party fighting for the big oil because it fills their pockets. Now you got the Democratic Party pushing for the windmills and the green because it fills their pockets. And if it flips rolls, it'll just go back and forth. It's all about money. While the church is getting caught up in it instead of preaching the gospel and, and, and preparing people, preparing the way and speaking the only thing that will change man's hearts, that is Christ and Him crucified. The Bible says, thou shalt not murder. Oh, we'll shout that down. We'll stand on the streets holding signs that talks about abortion is murder, and it is. We'll do all of that, but then you'll go out tomorrow and talk about somebody. Oh, but the Bible also says that the power of life and death are in the tongue, so you cannot physically, maybe, maybe it was like Pilate, I'll just hand them over to the crowd. I won't physically do it, but I'll be guilty of it. Yeah, let me tell you something. If you're murdering and assassinating people with your mouth, or even today your fingers on Facebook, then you're guilty. While many, again, they won't murder physically, they're murderers of one's character. They murder the individual a little bit at a time by slander, gossip, and judging. Sin is the problem with our nation, but yet we must not talk about it because it's offensive. It's offensive. Galatians 1 and 10 answers this for me. And this is where Paul found himself, that I really don't care about pleasing men. For do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? If yet I please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. I love people. I love any and every person, every individual, saved or unsaved. I love them. But my position and my call in life, one, as a believer, two, as a pastor, is not to please you, but to please Him and to preach the undefiled Word of God. So I'm, I'm pleasing God, not man. The Word of faith says you, if you mention sin, then it will create sin. <laughs> I've, I'm sorry, but I find that very comical. Because it will create a consciousness uh, uh, of sin, and then by that, th then that's going to cause people to sin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. So I'm guessing Paul didn't didn't really know this because he mentioned sin 17 times in the sixth chapter of Romans. Paul, I can't believe I mean, you messed them people, word of faith people up. <laughs> They just got to skip Romans 6. Yeah, they, they do. Others will say, uh, when a Christian sins, it's, it's only with the physical body and, and, and the soul, but not in the spirit. <laughs> oh, okay. I just, uh, I just stole this guitar. No, I didn't, not, I just, y'all didn't see nothing. I just stole his guitar, and, and ooh, man, I, if I tear this guitar up, I'm in trouble. He didn't even played it but once. But I stole his guitar, not, not in spirit. I didn't mean to. 
I didn't mean to when I was a little boy take that pack of peanuts off the shelf at Chuck's uh, 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 store and put it in my pocket and walk all the way home and open them and eat them. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, I did. Liar. And my daddy made me go back. Y'all know the story. If you don't ask me later, I'll tell you. But this is what they say. They didn't do it in spirit. Then, well, why does 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23 say, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved, blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know. Maybe it's because we're trying to make up garbage to justify our insufficiencies. The purpose-driven church, they don't even mention sin. Because it'll offend. You can't, you can't. Don't you say the S word in here, Dennis. The three-letter S word. Four-letter S word, I don't care. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Well, if you just started popping them off, I'd die. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, help me. There's an offense to the truth. There's an offense when you preach the gospel. The cross is an offense, but ignoring it will not change the problem. Paul spoke of this and spoke to the Galatians. If I don't preach this, then why am I still being persecuted? Or will I not be persecuted? It's like having rotting wood and painting over it. Or, or rust, you're, you, you know, body worker, you got a rusty car and you just paint over the rust. You sand the surface, but you didn't really cut it all out. It just comes back. I don't know about body work, but I do know about wood. And if you don't get rid of the rot, it's just going to spread. I can put all the wood filler in there I want to. I can patch and, and cut and mend all I want to. But if I leave this much rot... It'll spread. When Christ saves us, He saves us completely and wholly. He don't leave anything undone. And when He addresses issues, He addresses them in totality. Yes, there are still issues in our life, but we have to surrender them to Him. He saves us out of sin. 1 Corinthians 1 and 23, we preach Christ crucified. The lies, they spoke lies. Their lips spoke lies. It was a lie that caused the fall of man. Satan's children lie continually. One can lie so much that they don't even know what the truth is. I used to work with a man. It was like we just got to work to see what kind of lie this dude was going to tell today. Like, I, like, we would think there is no way that you could even possibly believe what's coming out of your mouth. I mean, this guy knocked out hammerhead sharks with a fishing rod. Fourteen of them and caught them and killed them. and skin. This guy was unbelievable. He caught a skeleton in the river and it fought for an hour. A skeleton. This is the stuff that came out of this person's mouth, and this sounds crazy. But the same garbage that comes out of believers' mouth saying that it's okay to do this when God's Word says it is not is just as crazy. Man, it is raining. 
No lie will ever result in a life being changed for the goodness of God. Never. It won't happen. Your tongue has uttered perverseness. They have turned away from what is good, being led by their own selfish desire and perverted God's way to fit their life. Aren't ours. Listen, if the gospel, if the gospel, it's not, but if the gospel is perverted, I'm talking about the true word of God. It's not. But when we pervert the gospel and the people don't know the gospel and they're, they're hearing a perverted gospel, then guess what? They're perverted as well. I'm not talking about perverted in a sick kind of manner, but I'm talking about your understanding of truth is perverted. They hatch cockatrice eggs, snake eggs. The, it, was a, it was a serpent, a viper. They are hatching snake eggs all around the world. It's going on. Every single day. If, if, if it's man's plans, if it's man's ideas, it's perverted and it hatches snake eggs. Vipers are spewing poison. They're hatching snake eggs and weaving spider webs to trap its prey. <coughs> you ever seen these guys, their job is to take venomous snakes and milk them? I, don't, I mean, I don't know... What person wants to grow up and do that? I, mean, I, I didn't, that was never my desire to, to milk a rattlesnake and just, why do they do that? To create an anti-venom. It takes poison to fight poison. But I want to tell you spiritually, that will never work. You can dabble with the devil all you want. And you can, and you can, you can try to create an antidote all you want. But it ain't going to work unless it's addressed and cleansed and washed by the blood. Sin has only three motives. Steal, kill, and destroy. Sin is always much worse than we first realize. Always. Modern government cannot fix crime with new laws. I don't care what they try to do. It was funny. I think Ricky, maybe Shu, somebody posted it. The first murder recorded in history didn't come from a gun or a knife. Come from a rock. Cain smote Abel with a rock. God didn't outlaw rocks. But we think we can outlaw whatever and it's going to fix the problem. It ain't going to fix the problem. The only blessing America has ever known and the only reason that this nation is still somewhat blessed solely comes from the work and operating of God Almighty Himself. Every other scheme, program, and regulation, etc. will only produce more vipers. When you have, listen, I'm not, I'm not, listen, hear me clearly. When you have evil sitting in positions of authority... And I'm not here, listen, I'm not here to pre preach politically. I don't care if it's your local county seat, state representative, or own up into the White House or Senate. When there is evil sitting in places of position, they will never produce anything righteous or holy. It will only produce more snake eggs. And there is always an agenda to what is being pushed. Always. 
If we will do just a very small snippet of research and inform our own selves, you'll really see, see real clear, real quick. But if you'll only study the Word of God, none of this is what's going on will surprise you anyway. But so instead of bashing the president, you're going to pray for him. Don't mean you like and agree with what he does. And I want to tell you, if you posted something making fun of this, this guy falling up the steps, then shame on you. Especially if you call yourself a believer. Pray for him. Pray for this administration. So modern government, I don't care who's in office, cannot fix the problem. Evil hearts cannot produce righteousness. Verse 7 of Isaiah 59 says, Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. It sounds just like Romans chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. It says, Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their way. Paul quoted this verse in Romans, pointing out the corruption of the the human heart and how within itself it cannot transform itself. Wayne preached a long time ago the problem can't be the solution. So self cannot transform itself, neither can it produce righteousness. Its feet only run to evil. Verse 8 says, The way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goes therein shall not know peace. Do you know that there is not room for a crooked path on the straight and narrow? There's not. As long as one is running in their own strength, leading themselves out of selfish ambition and perverting the gospel, there will never be peace. Not for that individual. Isaiah 57 verse 21 says, There is no peace, says my God, to the wicked. It's kind of very plain and simple. If, if you don't know the Lord as Savior, you don't know peace. You, you just don't. It's impossible to do so. I remember, I, I, you know, I loved the Lord when I was young. I thought I did. I mean, I did. But I fell in love with the Lord when I got older. But I, I, I can at times remember and, and, and uh, see my mom standing there and on the old mauve-colored carpet in the old Union Road Church of God. And, and, and our church was always known for having a great choir. And I remember the first time I ever heard this song, and then she began to sing, I know the peace speaker. I know him by name. I know the peace speaker. He controls the winds and waves. When he says, peace, be still. They have to obey. I'm glad I know the peace speaker. Yes, I know him by name. And I thought, man, why are they getting all emotional? When I was a kid, I didn't. But then when you go through the storms of life and you face hell head on, and you haven't made every right decision in your life. 
and you find yourself in a place of desperation, and you've understood that my iniquities have separated me from the Lord God Almighty, and you cry out in your brokenness, Lord, I can't, you can help. You understand what peace is because in an instant you feel like every weight, every foot that's been on your head and all of that is removed and God says, welcome back. Where have you been? He don't ask questions. He don't say, my Lord, you shouldn't have. He says, hey, just come on home. So if you don't know the Lord is your Savior, then you don't know peace. No matter how hard one searches, peace will not be found unless they turn to the Lord. And I'm afraid that there's a lot of folk that fill the church houses on week in and week out, and they only sing about something that they have never experienced. Trying to settle the friction between people or nations or whatever it might be to bring about peace, love, and harmony is not going to happen until they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Christ is the way of peace, not laws and not man's ideas. There is no judgment in their goings, the Word says. They don't really even know what they're doing. They're just doing stuff. They have no reason why. It's just because. I mean, if one terminology has become very popular over this last year, it's executive orders. We've got people signing garbage. They don't even know what they're signing. They're just signing away. And then we've got people believing that this is just rule and law. And they don't understand the actual rule and law of the land. Just because somebody says it don't mean it's okay. I have become uh, not spiritually speaking, but in in the flesh, finding the exemption to the rule, <laughs> because every rule has a kink, but God's word does not. Every rule, every law that man writes, there is a kink, there is an exception. And if you don't know that, then you can't say anything about it. But God's word does not. There are no flaws. In fact, I want to go, when, 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 when our governor implemented the executive order to inhibit, prohibit houses of worship from coming together, he understood very quickly, the lawyers understood very quickly, uh-oh, I messed up. So he reverted and made an amendment or an addendum to that executive order and reworded it the very next time because he knew he was getting ready to face some serious issues and lawsuits. So he included, but the people of God, the people that call themselves believers, they didn't really research and learn that. I don't even know why I'm telling you this, but... Man's way always has flaws. God's way will never. So trying to settle a problem that is spiritual by physical means never works. There is no judgment in their goings. Again, they don't even really know what they're doing, and most certainly they don't understand the consequences of their actions. So what they do is based on a crooked path. So it should not surprise us as believers that those without Christ in their life, those that do not profess Christ in their life, it should not surprise us why they're doing what they're doing. 
Because they don't even know. The way that leads to life is the narrow way. Again, there's no room for a crooked path on the narrow way. The only, only the broad way is there room for the crooked path, which Matthew 7, 13 says that way, the crooked path, the broad way, leads to destruction. That's what leads it to. So I... I singers, musicians, you can come, but I want to encourage the church... To understand that God has not changed. His way hasn't changed. His method hasn't changed. We, the church, have changed. And we have to come to him and ask him to search us. To search our hearts. Now is the time to pray and repent for the peace of God to come. That we may be the light unto the world, a city that's set on a hill. I want to end with this scripture right here. It's a popular scripture, uh, 2 Chronicles 7.14. He says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. I want to tell you, if you're watching or will watch, and those that are in here, you'll see change happen in the nation when you see change take place in the church. It's not the, the, those that were without Christ. It's not their position to ask the Lord for guidance because they don't know. They have pray for salvation. But those that know Him need to first repent and to seek His face. Not only on your behalf, but behalf of those around. When we pray, how many of us go to the Lord and lift up our, our government? We become so bitter that we won't even ask the Lord to, to direct their path, to direct their decision, to surround them with people that will speak truth in their life instead of lie. We just want them gone. Again, cancel culture, which is so prevalent today, it was, has been learned from the church. Be, God, be glad that the Lord didn't write us off. I want you to stand tonight. I want you to respond however you feel the Holy Spirit drawing. If you want to come to the altar and pray, feel free to do so. But I believe that we need to spend some time tonight seeking His face. Asking Him to heal this land. Asking Him to search our hearts. Asking Him if there's any wicked ways that, were, that are in my life. Because I want to see Him move in a way that I have never known or experienced before. But if it's going to happen, then change has got to take place in the church. It's our responsibility and our privilege to ask Him to seek His face. So tonight as they play, will you come?
Purify me, Lord. Will you cry that out tonight? Come and purify me, Jesus. Purify me, Lord. Purify. Purify me, Jesus. Purify me, Lord. Search us tonight, Lord. Purify me, Jesus. Purify me, Lord. Purify. Purify me, Jesus. Oh, purify me, Lord. I want to be clean I want to be pure I want to be holy I want to be That's my heart. That's it. That's all. Sometimes that purification process doesn't feel very well. Sometimes he has to put you through the fire to bring out the impurities in your life. But praise God, he'll always see you through. And when you come out, you won't even smell like smoke. Not a hair will be singed. <laughs> Not a thread on your garment will be burnt. Purify me, Jesus. Purify me, Lord. Purify me. From the very first time we heard this song, which had been years and years ago, I was moved like I'd never been moved in my life from a young girl in a coliseum full of probably 15,000 people. It came to that holy, hush, sweet moment. The Holy Spirit was moving. They were playing this song, and you could hear this young lady in the very top in the nosebleed just stand up, and she began to cry out, Purify me, Jesus. And I thought, God, that's what I desire. Give me that I don't care attitude about you and who you are. Now, I don't care who you, I don't care who's around. I don't care where I'm at. I just want him to have his way in my life. I'm telling you, there is a hurt and dying nation, people around us every day, who need to hear the goodness of God. 
And we as Christians, as believers, we need to be continually asking Him to purify us, to cleanse us, to, to allow us, to let us be holy because He's holy, righteous because He's righteous, for them to see Him in us. That should be our cry and our prayer. There is not a reason. Hear me clear. I understand what they say is going on. If Home Depot and Lowe's and Walmart can be packed, so can the house of God. There's not a reason this place shouldn't be packed Sunday morning. Bring somebody, invite somebody, uh, quite possibly the Collins quintuplet. Quint, I don't, what do you call five people? Is it five or six? Six. Uh, we, were, we started working on a song and really hadn't worked on it, but we got a lot of work to do this week. Because we're going we're gonna to sing y'all what's special. I think summer's going to lead it, and it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> she, uh, she didn't know, but she has a voice of an angel. <laughs> I didn't say what kind of angel. I just said an angel. But anyway, we love you guys. Remember um, to pick up your Boston butt if you ordered one. Huh? Easter egg hunt. Don't park in the grass because you very well could crush an egg. Um, 12 o'clock, Easter egg hunt. More of you Mondays is tomorrow night, 630 Tuesday morning, we will have Bible study online. Join us. If you haven't joined us, we've been in Galatians for some time. Uh, when we finish, I don't know, but we'll go somewhere else. I thoroughly enjoy uh, spending time with my wife and teaching. It's been a great pleasure, and I don't know why we've never done it before. Uh, after after we have, or she has, delivers little Charlie, um, at some point in time on a Sunday night, we plan on doing that here in the sanctuary uh, as a Bible study so we can sit and just feed on one another but uh, anyway uh, I don't know what else is going on this week check your calendar I'll be preaching Tuesday night and uh, Gastonia at Crowder's Chapel uh, Brother Eric Griff's church great church great man of God the Lord is doing my amazing things there but anyway be blessed uh, I think it's probably raining outside um, if you need us to go get your car if you park far away we will feel free, free to let us drive it but uh, if not Go get your own car in the rain. <laughs> so anyway, be blessed and we'll see you soon.